are now listening to PursuitCast, the official podcast of Pursuit NYC. May it be an encouragement to you today and stir your soul for revival. Hey everybody, this is Sam once again with another episode of PursuitCast. And today I have a really special guest with me for this episode. Um, as you guys know, if you've watched the news at all, uh, we've, we're living in interesting times full of tension and uh, just just difficult times. And uh, we feel like as believers, we can't be silent. Uh, our goal isn't to tell you what to think, what to believe, what to feel, but to initiate conversations that lead to understanding um, and ultimately the glory of God. And, and I couldn't think of a better person than my guest today to be with me to tackle this topic. Uh, he's the lead pastor of a church in Westchester County. He's ordained with the CMA. He's a professor, a worship leader, uh, just the all-around man of God. I've taken classes with him. I've gone on trips with him, and I just know his heart, and, and he's the real deal. Uh, it's my honor to welcome Reverend Kelvin Walker. Hey, Kelvin, how hey, are you? I'm doing well, Sam. Thanks for having me be a part of this. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and 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 be courageous enough to really share your heart in, in regards to race and faith. Hmm. Um, as you know, and as all of our listeners know, uh, I mean, we're living in interesting times, difficult hmm. times. Uh, painful times, heated times, uh, you know, with with the death of Eric Garner, Philando Castile, mm-hmm. um, Michael Brown, and and that that hurts the entire region, like Ferguson and mm-hmm. and with Alton Starling and Baton Rouge, and just even recently with Charlottesville, and, mm-hmm. and just all that's going on. Um, we just wanted you to come and share your heart with us. So as as a black man living in America. Um, how has it been for you to see this happening in our country today? I think it's been, uh, I've had a, a variety of, of feelings. Um, I think the first thing is, that, you know, people, I think, are somewhat, somewhat surprised that this is happening mm-hmm. in our country and, you know, here in America. Uh, I, I'd like to submit that the reality is what we're seeing is a manifestation of something that's always been underneath. Um, we, you know, we look back to the civil rights movement, and uh, lots of legislation has come as a result mm-hmm. of um, the brave warriors who, yeah. back in you know the fifties and sixties, said, "Listen, this is this is unjust. This is this is wrong, and uh, we're not going to sit silent. We 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 see the legislation that has come as a result of it." But we forget that um, you can't legislate hearts. Yeah. And just because a law is enacted doesn't mean that a heart has changed. And so while we're surprised, uh, I'd like to submit that um, this is stuff that's been bubbling underneath the surface that has now just been given permission to manifest. Mm. So from that perspective, I'm not surprised. Yeah. But I am grieved. Um. I'm grieved because I would love to have, I'd love to think that, you know, 54 years after Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, we would 
be further along. Sure. And we have made some strides. Look, I'll, I'll say that. But I don't think we are as far along as we would like to believe. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, you asked, you know, well, so how do I how do I feel as a black man here? Um, every time I see something in the news or uh, walk into a, a place where I realize I'm being watched. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, that still happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I immediately go to my grandchildren. Wow. And, you know, I don't I'm not a grandfather yet, but uh, maybe someday soon I will be. And my mind goes to. If I don't say something, and if I don't do something, uh, their experience will be exactly what we're seeing now. Wow. And 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 I want it to be different for them. Yeah, that's great. I think I think that's really powerful as you're just uh, painting that now where us making a voice, taking a stand, isn't for us, but like you're saying, for generations to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess with that comes the question of how can people start? Like for churches and leaders, um, where, I, where I personally have felt overwhelmed by, I mean, what can I say? What can I add to make a difference? Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say would be a good place to start for churches or leaders or, or any person who wants to make a difference. I, I keep going back as a pastor. I keep going back to uh, the Micah 6-8 call. You know, um, here's Israel. They are in a situation where God has an indictment against them because of the injustices mm. that are going on amongst them. And I think, I think even more so, uh, the indictment came with the th- with the sense of the leaders are silent. You know, mm. this is being allowed because the leaders see it, wow. but they're not saying anything. You know, people are being cheated. Um, people are being taken advantage of. The, the oppressed are being taxed in the temple in a way that is just dishonoring. Um, and then they go to to Micah instead of going to God when they hear the indictment they go right to Micah and they say so what does he want from us does he want us to give more does he want us to do more what more can we you know we tithe we do all this stuff what more and Micah is like I don't even have to go to God to ask that he's already shown you <laughs> yeah what it is that he requires and he requires that you do justice you love mercy and you walk humbly with him um so just as a backdrop that what is it that we can do I think the first thing is as as people of God, when we see or experience injustice, when we see racism uh, raising its head, uh, being willing to say, "Hey, wait a minute, no, that's not right." Yeah, you know, and and not from not we could get into the political mess of it all, but I don't think we're called to do it from a political perspective. That's good. I think we're called to do it because it's a moral perspective that we bring. And it's, um, it's an outrage. It's an outrage against the kingdom. And so, uh, from a moral perspective and from a, from a heart of God perspective, I think we're, we're, we're challenged and obligated to speak up that, that, that may not seem like a lot, but enough voices in yeah. the kingdom saying this is not of God. This does not represent the um, the the kingdom of God. It doesn't honor 
and this is a big thing for me, particularly uh, lately, it does not honor the fact that all humanity has the image of God, the image of the creator mm -hmm. in them. Uh, and, in, and in a way of respecting and honoring that image, we say, this can't be. Yeah, I think that's good. I think, I think all of it, like you're saying, goes back to justice. Mm -hmm. You know, it, like you said, it's not a political issue. Um, it, it's, it's justice at the end of the day. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, the people who were just literally murdered is an is, uh, act against justice. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where, you, what, like you're saying, is, is calling us to remember of who we are, what, which kingdom we represent. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and recently I've been reading Deuteronomy and... I mean, you see th throughout where God is reminding his people to be about justice by remembering where they came from, mm -hmm. but remembering, remember when it was like when you were oppressed, yep. when you were a victim, when you were this and you were that, and, and, and he's just reminding us to be people of justice, right. like you're saying. And if you tie that with what, what's going on in Micah chapter six, that's how God starts. You know, yeah. uh, what have I done to you? What have I done for you? Don't you remember these things? Am I not the God who has brought you out of this stuff? And now I see you doing the same thing. Um, uh, he always brings us back to this is my heart. Mm. This is how I've displayed my heart. And when my people don't stand up and speak against those things, that obviously are against my heart, then you do not represent me in the way I called you to represent me. Yeah, no, that's good. I think one of the things I've been thinking about uh, recently, and even as I was preparing my heart for this conversation, because I know it would be a hard one, um, you know, I see the emotion in you and I'm feeling it in myself of the call to live righteously. And, mm -hmm. and I think I think that the the difficult thing of, of navigating something like this in this time is being right. You know, people are, are so focused on being right mm -hmm. or the right view or, or do this or do that. And, and I feel like even if you try to do the right thing, there's backlash. You know what I mean? Even as you try to do good things, you get backlash from this community or that or it's not enough. Um, and I think um, that challenged me to not try to focus on doing the right thing, but living righteously mm -hmm. um, and and i think as you're sharing now the whole thing about justice is living righteous mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. i think we lose sight of the fact that uh the gospel of the kingdom mm -hmm. is a holistic gospel uh we we focus on portions of the gospel of the kingdom and so we think at times it is, and again, I, I want to be, be careful because I'm speaking in generalities here. Yeah. Um, but I think generally the, the, the church, Big C, focuses so much on just the gospel of salvation yeah. that we forget that the gospel of salvation is part of the gospel of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And that when Jesus talks about setting the captives free, it's not just setting us free from the bondages of sin, hell, and, and mm -hmm. death, uh, which, is, which his death life, his life, death, and uh, resurrection uh, obviously did. You know, he won that for us. Mm -hmm. um, but he also, in the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom, modeled that he goes after those, those things that oppress people, yeah. even as they walk the earth every day. 
Um, and, and, and if we're going to be kingdom people, sure. it's time to look at the gospel holistically and realize that uh, justice is a part of the good news of the gospel. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you see in Jesus's life where he's always going after the marginalized. Mm-hmm. He's going after the, the least, the last, and the lost. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if we look at America today, because that's what we're talking about, we see people being oppressed simply for the color of their skin. And, and, and I think, like, you're, like we've been just saying this whole time, we can't be silent. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to just really reflect the gospel, the kingdom, mm-hmm. and the heart of Jesus in everything we do. Yeah. And it's hard because that doesn't mean that uh, as you speak out, it's going to be popular. Sure. Doesn't mean, uh, I, I, you know, I've, I've, I've seen and witnessed uh, people who were friends mm. um, losing friendships. Wow. And, and that's, that's not the heart of the gospel either. Um, I don't. I don't think we have to lose relationship. It does mean that uh, tough conversations happen. Sure. Um, and in those tough conversations, there are things that need to be worked through. Um, but I think you get to see what a person has walked through and why. Like in my case, I think people get to see uh, why this is such a passion on my heart when they hear my story yeah and here we are in 2017 and i've still got a story to tell about things that i have experienced and things that i still experience mm-hmm. um it it takes a, a concept and it puts a name and a face to it mm. so that then we begin to see uh as people of the kingdom this 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 can't be this can't be Sure, sure. I think for me, one of the things that have been the most confusing, to be honest, is our churches that kind of embrace, you know, like racism in a way. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. Where like, where it, it, like we've been saying, like it doesn't make sense for racism is not of God at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's sin. It's it's of the devil of hatred and. And the ultimate picture of heaven is every nation, tribe, and tongue worshiping the Lord. Mm-hmm. And yet we see believers, um, or quote-unquote, I don't know, I don't want to make that statement or judgment, where they're okay with not being a part of part of that, if you mm-hmm. know what I mean. I think that's been one of the most confusing things where it, it, it seems obvious that racism isn't of God, but it kind of doesn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in among believers, mm-hmm. in, in a way, I think, I think for some that that is the case. Mm-hmm. But I honestly, and maybe this is because I'm looking at it uh, through a lens of, of of optimism and hope. Sure, um, I honestly think that there are a lot of people who uh, are silent because they really don't know what to say. Yeah, um, at least that's my hope. Sure. Uh, you know, they don't, they don't know what to say. They don't, you know, there is, they feel some kind of way about it. Something's going on in their heart that says, you know, this isn't right. But um, because we don't have conversations until something rises up. Yeah. Then when something rises up, there's kind of this, this silence, this awkward silence of this is wrong. I know it's wrong, but I've not been a part of a conversation all along. So I don't know what to say. Mm. Um, and, um, 
And so it's, it's easier to be quiet than to say something and sure. feel awkward about what's said. For now, sure. does that mean we stay silent just because of that? No. But if that is, if that's part of what's going on, then I think the way we come at that is to begin to have the tough conversations in seasons when there isn't something that has bubbled up, mm-hmm. you know, um, because then you can take the time to say, hey, I'm just going to listen. Tell me your story. Tell me why you're so passionate about this. And then let's talk about painting a picture of what it looks like to be kingdom people yeah. who live this differently. You know? Mm-hmm. No, that's good. So. I, I think I think of a proverb where it says, even a fool is thought wise when they mm. keep silent. And mm-hmm. then I think in this time, we, we just need more people to listen mm-hmm. um, as well, um, to know what it's like to be in your shoes and you to know what's what it's like to be in my shoes in mm-hmm. regards to life, but even even this topic right mm-hmm. here. Um, what what is something that you have done as a lead pastor uh, to help initiate conversation with your community? One of the things that we did, when, I mean, obviously in the recent uh, situation that's happened in Charlottesville, um, we've been doing a series on the Psalms this summer, mm-hmm. and um, I. Uh, was planning to just continue that series and maybe make mention of it in, um, in, you know, pastoral prayer or something like that. And Saturday night, just before the service, you know, as I was preparing for the next, the next day service, uh, the Lord really, he said to me, really, those exact words, you're going to preach that sermon. Mm. And I just started laughing because I knew what he was saying. Um, and so I addressed it on Sunday in the, in the sermon and then gave some, some application points saying, okay, so this is, here's some ways in which you can, uh, you can combat this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are a multi-ethnic church where I pastor. And as a multi-ethnic church, we, we have to <laughs> yeah. speak out. Um, and so gave the congregation some, some key points. You know, um, if you are going to go to Facebook, um, make sure that when you go to Facebook, you keep it from a perspective of the kingdom yeah. and that which is morally wrong. Let's not get involved in the political debate. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are having um, conversations, you know, have conversations with people who are different than you are. Get involved in the lives of people who don't look like you. Yeah. Um, be aware of the conversations that are going on around you and dare to speak up when you hear something that is uh, that has racial undertones um, or something that's overtly yeah. <laughs> uh, a racial comment. Dare to speak out against that so that people understand. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not going to participate in that. I'm not going to stand for that. Um, we are hoping to. There's a there's a guy by the name of David Bailey, and he is putting together uh, a curriculum. Wow. And the title of it is Race, the Kingdom of God, and Today's Culture. Um, I'm, I'm going to look at that when it comes out. And uh, one of the things that I hope to do at our church is to run that as a class mm. so that we, we enter the conversation together um, and have something that guides us through it. Uh, I think the other thing is um, 
as a as a as a diverse community worshiping community in our overall community uh continuing to put forth this picture of um in the kingdom mm-hmm. this can work it's yeah. not easy and we have to continually be reminded that um though there are many cultures and ethnicities and uh, different groups of people uh, in God's eyes, we are the human race. Yeah, that's good. Uh, washed in the blood of Christ. Mm. Uh, uh, we will all be before his throne, every tongue, every tribe, every nation. So so I think it's important to, to also say dealing with this issue doesn't mean that I pretend that there aren't different ethnicities and different cultures. For sure. Um, and different races, things like, you know, that that's important. This is not about eradicating race, mm-hmm. if, if you will, or eradicating culture. Yeah. This is about saying in the kingdom, this we're all celebrated. Mm, <laughs> we good. all bring a unique voice and a unique perspective. And uh, God uses it to advance, the, you know, his kingdom causes. Mm. So, um I think that's 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 important because we you can get to the you know it can, the 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 subtle message that's unintended to be sent could be sent and that is oh so this is about wiping out culture yeah no it's not I um just did an ancestry DNA mm. and uh, I'm finding all the different cultures that make up who I am and I am proud of all of them and I celebrate all of them. Um, but I also realize that I'm called to a higher culture yeah, and that good. is a kingdom culture. Amen. So, no, I think, I think that's good. I think what you're, what you're sharing is, is, you know, what we want to be, you mm-hmm. know, uh, talking about myself and, and our ministry and uh, diversity, we celebrate it. Cause I mm-hmm. think your, your culture, your background brings uh, something to the table that my culture can't when it comes to the things of God and, and how you view God and, and your perspective of faith. Obviously, our culture shapes that, and I think that shapes our view of God. And I think those are things that I would have never understood unless I'm in relationship with you mm-hmm. and celebrate you. And But I love what you're saying, how we're all different cultures, backgrounds, but we're united under the same kingdom, mm-hmm. the same king, the mm-hmm. same values of the kingdom. Uh, which trump any other, you know, man-made culture, man-made um, thing, law, or whatever we, we want to do. That uh, as people of kingdom, we we live out kingdom culture, and the kingdom celebrates mm-hmm. as we've been saying, every tribe, nation, and tongue. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's great. If I may, I also think it's important as part of the conversation to help people understand the difference between racism. Mm-hmm and racial prejudices or biases or um, presuppositions mm-hmm. um, because when those differences are understood, the, the language and the terminology is understood, uh, it helps people understand why it is so important for us to speak out against racism. Racism is part of a system that is designed to exalt one race or one group or one culture over all other races or groups or cultures and mm. to keep those cultures and races oppressed, if you will. Sure. Um, and, 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 and that's, that's, that's different 
than racial bias or racial um, bigotry uh, or uh, presuppositions about another race or culture. Mm -hmm. With that being the backdrop, I think it helps us all understand that we, while we all may have racial biases, presuppositions, um, things like that, when we talk about racism, we have to go after yeah. the, the systems and the, uh, the, the way things are designed to keep others oppressed and exalt one group over another. Sure. You know? And I think that goes back to justice. Yes. And that goes back to fighting for justice. Um, I just want to bring up some questions that were submitted by people uh, in regards to this topic. Uh, and, and you shared how you pastor a multi-ethnic church. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the questions was, is it necessary for a church to intentionally make itself diverse? Or is it permissible for a church to be predominantly one race, given that the community is welcoming and gracious to all? Again, this is my, this is my view, my opinion. Sure. Um, but I, I, I would submit that when you are in a community where there are many uh, races, cultures, ethnicities represented within that community, um, it is a kingdom value sure. to have the multi-ethnic church. Mm-hmm. It is a kingdom value to say that we are going to be the kind of place where all not only feel welcome, but all are represented. I don't know that um, obviously, if you live in a community where there's only one race yeah. or culture represented, it's kind of hard for you to sure. then um, plant or pastor a multi-ethnic church. However, even in that situation, I think it is important to always preach and teach and live out the, the kingdom principle of every tongue, tribe, and nation being at the table. Mm. Because... Um, in our transient society, uh, people are not always going to stay in the same community. Sure. And to be able to send people out from that community to other places where there is a, a multi-ethnic community represented now plants the seed that this is the kingdom. Yeah, you know? for sure. I, I definitely agree. I think, you know, I can only speak from my my own heart was... And my my heart has always been for diversity, mm-hmm. multi-ethnic churches. Um, but like you're saying, I mean, if you live in a a, a community that's only one race, or I, I think it would be kind of hard to do it. But coming from an immigrant church myself, where I went to a Korean church, like we, our family would never consider going to a different church, not because we're close to other races, but language and mm-hmm. um, I mean the immigrant church. In America thrived because that was a place of community for mm-hmm. immigrants who came to a new country. They didn't know anybody. So, I, so in my heart, I have a heart for the immigrant church where I believe they're able to reach people that maybe a multi-ethnic church couldn't reach mm-hmm. in the sense of people lo- looking for community or um, they can only understand in their language. I think there is a space for that. But like you're saying, I think un- the understanding of having the mindset of a table that's open for you know, come, whoever you are, you're welcome, you mm-hmm. belong. Um, and, and I think that's the message of the gospel in itself is you belong before you do do anything. 
Yes. You know, you belong before you believe, you belong before you behave, mm -hmm. you just belong. Mm -hmm. And I think as a church, that's, that should be our message, regardless of, you know, what, what the makeup of our congregation is. Right. I would also add to that, if you have a multi-ethnic church, um, the power of the multi-ethnic church is um, taken away and the, um, the message becomes disingenuous if you have a multi-ethnic church, but a mono-ethnic leadership yeah. structure. Mm. Um, one of the things that we try to do is um, make sure that our leadership, uh, even, you know, from our elders to our deacons to uh, our teaching, um, all, you know, the, the teaching team, uh, that it represents who we are as a church. Um, it's, it's, you know, and I don't care what your ethnic background or makeup, if you are pastoring a multi-ethnic community, yeah. but your leadership is mono-ethnic, or monoculture, um, it says we pictorially, you know, mm. you take a picture and put it up on a website, we're diverse, but really it's just one group in charge. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that represents the kingdom at all. Yeah. And a proof of that, it would be um, Acts 15 at the Council of Jerusalem, mm -hmm. when they're meeting to say, how are we now going to live together and work together as people from different cultures and backgrounds coming uh, to the table and God and and realizing what God has done for us through Christ and becoming coming to faith in Christ, at that council they were intentional to make sure that those who were part of the conversation represented mm. from were represented from all different backgrounds. Yeah, and I think, like you said, that's the key word, intentional. Mm -hmm. And I think, especially as leaders, um, it requires uh, a different level of intentionality. Yeah, whether it's speaking up or even. Creating a, 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 a leadership team, for example, or, or whatever it looks like, I think it requires and calls leader to a new level of being intentional. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, as we wrap up our time here together, um, I, I would love for us to close by having you uh, just pray for us. Okay. Um, and and we'll, we'll just want to have you pray for us here and for those listening and just your heart. Um, in, in, in this topic. Okay. Let's pray. Jesus, you are the, uh, the son of God, fully God himself, uh, who came and gave his life for people from every tongue, tribe, and nation. Yeah. When we worship around the throne, uh, the worship around the throne will be multi-ethnic, multicultural people from all diverse backgrounds, um, races, uh, genders, male and female, standing before your throne, singing, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Yes. Uh, the, 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 we realize that the kingdom is here and there is a not yetness of the kingdom, um, but it is also here. And so, Lord, my prayer for us as your church, as your people, is that we would live out the kingdom principles even now. Uh, Lord, that we would be people who do justice, yeah. who love mercy, who walk humbly with you, that we would be people who stand firm and say that uh, the gospel is a holistic gospel, that yes. you not only care about our souls and our eternal state, 
Um, but uh, you've also come to transform uh, our living state now. And um, in that transformation, you call us to see each other and to see uh, see people in general as those who are image bearers. Amen. We bear the image of our creator. And in our way that we deal with each other, in the way that we respect each other, in the way that we honor each other, it speaks to how we honor the image of God in all humanity. Amen. Lord, you are... Um, you are not pleased when there is racial and cultural division. Uh, and you call us as your people to uh, be people who bring unity and people who bring reconciliation. And so, Lord, we continue to covenant with you and we determine to covenant with one another that we will be people who do justice, who love mercy, who walk humbly with you and bring honor to your name and to your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kelvin, for taking time, and and um, we would love to have you on because I think uh, this is a conversation worth continuing to have. So we would love to have you be on with us again. I would love that. Thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for everyone for tuning in, and uh, stay tuned for more podcasts on the way. God bless. Thank you for listening to Pursuit Cast. For more information on the ministry of Pursuit NYC, please visit us on the web at www.pursuitnyc.org. Revival or bust.